Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. I want to share with you tonight um, this. It'll come up on the screen, I believe, momentarily. I want to talk to you about the gateway to the supernatural. And, hmm. Yeah, let me just say this. I think think a lot of us, how many of you got some Pentecostal background in you? Yeah, a few of you. How many of you are brand new to the whole Pentecostal experience? It's just something you've been picking up on the last few years or whatever. A few of you. What are the rest of you doing? <laughs> I'm not responding. I'm, I, what's Pentecostal? I, you know, I'm clear. Yeah, this church is what we call a Pentecostal church. It's from uh, uh, Old Testament. It was uh, a feast that they celebrated 50 days after... Uh, Passover, which is the highlight of the Jewish calendar. 2,000 years ago, as they were celebrating this feast, a party, a celebration time, the Feast of Pentecost, Jesus had said to his followers, you know what, stick around, Jerusalem, because I want to pour my spirit out in a really neat way. And when the day of Pentecost came during this big celebration, the Holy Spirit was poured out in unprecedented manner in Acts chapter 2. So Pentecostal churches get that name because, I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody Christian embraces the Bible, and there's many different traditions, and they're all wonderful. Um, but the Pentecostals are, get that label uh, because they kind of lean on this whole encounter idea. Not just encountering the Bible, but actually encountering God through the Holy Spirit. And because that happened for the first time during the carnival of Pentecost, those who are spirit-led are often referred to as Pentecostals. Does that make sense? That's just like a one-minute overview. So the whole Pentecostal experience on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, there was a few things that happened. One, there was... A sound. What was that sound? A sound of mumbling. Sorry, a little louder. There's a sound of wind, a mighty rushing wind. It doesn't say there was a wind. It says there was a sound like a wind. And there was also a visual sign uh, that came and rested on the heads of everybody. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, little tongues of fire, little flames. Cool. And then the third one is something happened where the people began to respond in a very unusual way for the first time. What was that way? Yeah, speaking in unknown tongues. Languages they didn't already know. There's people down on the street checking it out in Acts chapter 2 and they're like, what's going on? We're visiting here for the celebration, this party, And they're speaking, 
We came for hundreds of miles from a different country. They're speaking our language up there. You know, of course, they would check it out after. Hey, are you Pergian? No, I don't speak a word of Pergian, because that's what you were just talking a few minutes ago. Cool. <laughs> and just this supernatural ability to speak a language or a tongue that they didn't already know. So, go ahead with the next slide. Here's where I want to go tonight, is I just want to talk to you a little bit about <laughs> tongues. <laughs> Sorry, it lined up better earlier. Don't, don't worry about it. But I just, I want to go here for a minute because, not just a minute, this is primarily where I want to go tonight. I want to talk to you about tongues. I think Pentecostals, I mean, if the Baptists are freaked out about it, I mean, we should have an answer for them. We, we should at least have an idea what's going on. I believe tongues are a gateway to the supernatural. It's not the be-all and end-all. If you speak in tongues, awesome, good for you. I just want you to know, through my own experience, through my own confession, I know I haven't arrived just because I speak in tongues. I've done that a few times, spoken in tongues a few thousand times. And uh, yeah, just go ahead. Let me, let me show you the next slide here. Just over 100 years ago, turn of the previous millennium, New Year's Eve 1900, at this Bible college in Topeka, Kansas, but on the Christmas break, the, uh, the head of the school, Dr. Charles Parham, sent his students home for Christmas break. And he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go through the book of Acts, and I want you to figure out what happens when people are baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, we see that phrase again and again in the book of Acts. I want you to figure out what happens when people are baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they went home for Christmas break, and they came back reconvening between Christmas and New Year's. Apparently 118 years ago, they didn't get like three weeks off at Christmas like we many do today. So they come back between Christmas and New Year's, and Charles Parham asked the students, so what happens? You guys have all read the book of Acts several times through. What happens when people get baptized in the Spirit? And they said, well, a lot of different things happen. Again, on the day of Pentecost, there's wind sound, there's tongues of fire, but they speak in other languages. And as they go through the five major incidents in the book of Acts, they realize that on three of those occasions, the most commonly recurring thing is that people speak in languages they don't know. And then in the fourth one, Paul, on the road to Damascus, remember he gets smitten, blinded by the light, revved up like a deuce, another runner in the night, <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> Your parents used to be on crack. I'm going to be honest with you. They used to listen to the craziest lyrics that nobody could understand. And when Paul was healed, uh, the scales from, fell from his eyes. And he was immediately filled with the Spirit. And we know later in his life, 
he spoke in tongues, not just a little bit, he spoke in tongues more than entire churches. So on four of the occasions, people that were filled with the Spirit, either immediately or sometime after they spoke in tongues. That's, they said, more than any other sign, that one happens when people get baptized with the Spirit as they speak in other tongues. I'm not saying every time that people get filled with the Spirit, they speak in tongues. It's just the most biblically recurring thing. And for some reason, as Pentecostals, we, can, we maybe shy away from that a little bit. Come on, it's pretty awkward. I mean, what are you going to say to school buddies on Monday? So, uh, speaking a language I didn't know this weekend at church. Speaking in tongues. Yeah, chicks dig that. <laughs> Seriously, it's a little awkward. To speak in a language you don't know. I mean, like, we get this, right? Because we know the power of God. We know, hey, if he can just say words and create a whole planet and a whole universe, maybe, just maybe, he could plant a language in me that I don't know that I could just start talking. It's totally possible. Hard to explain to others. Yeah. So, at this Bible college, uh, New Year's Eve... Some of the students gathered for prayer, and one of the students, Agnes Osman, sorry, there's supposed to be a D on the end of that if you're taking notes. Do people do that anymore? Take notes? People do that? Okay. Add a D then on the end of Osman, Agnes Osman. Uh, yeah, they were praying late into the night, and on the morning, January 1st, like early, early in the morning, somewhere between midnight and I don't know what, what hour of the morning it was, they're staying up late having this prayer meeting, and she starts talking in a language she doesn't know for three days. Like she's messed up. Like she just can't speak English. People are like, How are you doing? And she's like, Like it's just one of those awkward tongues things where it's, it's huge, it's like totally taken over. And actually, the majority of the students, by far the majority, I, I can't remember the number, but most of the students at that Bible college over the next few days, also as they were baptized with the Spirit, they experienced God, they welcomed God, they had this encounter with God, they began to speak in a language they didn't know. Well, from there it spread. We'll go to the next slide. Sorry, I'm a couple slides behind. I'm just out of control. Uh, that... Revival, one of the students who, who attended, I believe, in 1900, early in 1906, was a student by the name of William Seymour, came under the teaching of Charles Parham. William Seymour is the gentleman at the corner of that building, black preacher, beautiful guy, incredibly humble. He took this teaching, like, directly from the school, late 1905, early 1906, in Kansas. He came to Los Angeles, California, and they started prayer meetings on Bonnie Bray Street. And while they were there, he shared this teaching. Again, it's an old, old, old thought, old concept, because it happened frequently in the book of Acts. Happened many times throughout history. Uh, if you want to study this at all, I'd encourage you to look at a book by Dr. Jack Deere called Surprised by the Power of the Spirit. It's from the 90s. 
uh, but a great book. He's a former uh, seminary prof at Dallas Theological Seminary. Sorry, semin seminary. <laughs> And uh, which, is a, which is a very cessationist school. Cessationist meaning they believe all these miracles and all this stuff happened in the first century and then it ceased as soon as the church was planted. So here he was teaching there and he just started to see and experience things he couldn't explain. He was filled with the spirit. He began to flow in prophetic stuff. Like it just really messed up his life. Oddly, he lost his job. And uh, he's written about the phenomenon of the power of the Spirit. So if you want to just do some cross-referencing and see how historically it's been happening for 2,000 years, and not just the last 100, and not just the first century, but the other 1,800 years in between, I'd recommend Dr. G Dr. Gear's book, because it's a very brief synopsis uh, that you can look at. So again, fast forward to 1906, and here's William Seymour, such a humble man of God, he would get up and preach, and he'd be afraid of getting in the way, like we were talking about. Just We just want to get out of the way. So William Seymour would come up to the front of the church and just pray. He didn't know if he would preach. He didn't want to wreck anything. So he'd get on his face with his head in the pulpit. But in the pulpit was an orange crate, a wooden orange crate. And he'd stick his head in this wooden orange crate so he'd just be out of the way, wouldn't distract, and he would just pray for hours. Often there would be no preaching. People would just come and just be saturated with the glory and fullness of God. One man uh, from Waterdown, Ontario. This is a local story. Do you know Waterdown? Have you heard of it? Just north of Burlington there. He owned a general store in Waterdown, Ontario. And he was a Methodist man. He'd been Methodist for generations. And uh, his store burnt to the ground. He got the insurance money and he said to his wife, we can, we can go anywhere, we can do anything, we can start over. Anywhere in the area, anywhere. And they talked about it, they prayed about it together, and they decided to go to California to take in this revival. So this man packed up his family, multiple kids, Moved, went across the United States in a Stutz Bearcat. Just a couple days after he got to Los Angeles, they were staying with relatives. They're out for a walk, and he says to the relative, I'm so hungry for God. This is a man from Waterdown, like just an hour from here. And his relative says to him, well, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit right now. And the guy, his name was Orly, Orly said, don't, don't mess with me. I'm really serious about this. I really want more of God. I've been a Methodist my whole life. You know, pursuing holiness, it's been great, but there has to be more. I really want more of God. The relative says to him, let's go. And they rounded the corner onto Azusa Street, walked into the apostolic faith mission where Orly knelt down and said, God, I want your Holy Spirit to baptize me. And within minutes, he started talking in a new language. Orly Burgess Griffin was my great-grandfather. Got his baptism of the Holy Ghost in that building. His son, my grandfather, George, 
not too long after that, as, as the ministry here kind of started to dwindle a bit, there was a girl, a, a young lady by the name of Amy Semple McPherson from Ingersoll. Again, just down the road from her. Uh, Amy Semple started this church. She was a powerfully dramatic woman. And she would literally bring, like if she was preaching on Noah's Ark, she'd bring in animals two by two. Like this lady was out of control. She was a bit of a drama queen, to be honest with you, but powerful in proclaiming the gospel. Powerful in the creative arts. And uh, Amy Semple started this church, Angelus Temple, which some of you might know better these days is the Los Angeles Dream Center, where Matthew Barnett is. But in those days, in the late 19-teens and into the 20s, it was a powerhouse where many people were saved and filled with the Spirit. As for my grandpa, George Griffin was filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember grandpa telling me when I was in high school, he said, Mark, after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. I used to read my pocket New Testament, my Bible. I didn't understand anything. All the these and thous, and I, just, I didn't get it at all. He said, after I was filled with the Holy Spirit, on my lunch break, I'd make, I'd make a choice. Do I want to go to the cafeteria and have a sandwich? Or do I want to go to the library and enjoy the word of life? The bread of life. So he said, I'd usually skip lunch most days, and I'd open my Bible, and it was like the words came off the page. They were alive to me. After I had encountered the Holy Spirit and spoken in other tongues, he said, I would just read, and I understood everything. It would just penetrate my heart and soul. He said, Mark, I get so blessed, I could hardly get through two or three verses, and I would feel the presence of God come on me. I'd start to shake and tremble in God. God's presence. He said, I would put my head down on the desk in front of me with my Bible open. I would weep. I would snot all over the scripture. I would be shaking and trembling. I couldn't even hold back the speaking in tongues. So there I'd be sitting in the library at school. He says, if you think this is weird now, Believe me, it was weird in the early 1900s as well. I'd have my head down, and I'd try to muffle what I was saying, but I'd be shaking and trembling and snotting and crying and reading over my Bible. He said, I look like a wild man. But can I tell you something? He was never the same. My great-grandpa was never the same. My grandpa was never the same. My grandpa came back to Ontario. They went to their former church in Waterdown. They weren't received there. They went to a church in Hamilton they'd associated with. They weren't accepted there. So they started their own church. And for over a decade, my great-grandpa ran a, a Pentecostal work in downtown Hamilton. And after doing it for a number of years, the Lord spoke to him and said, bring in this young kid, J.H. Blair. He'll do a good job leading this thing. Some of you know the churches in Hamilton. That became Hamilton Central, later Hamilton Bethel. Uh, basically all the churches in Hamilton, the Pentecostal work, spilled out of that house meeting. Incredible thing God did. My grandpa, as a 17-year-old boy, would preach on the streets of Hamilton. He'd 
preach on the streets of Brantford. He'd, he'd go down to Dunville and preach on the beaches of Lake Erie. Saw many people saved. And later when he was 17, closer to 18, but still 17, he went to Charbot Lake, Ontario, up in uh, Ottawa Valley. Planted a church there that's still going to this day. Hmm. And then he figured he better go to Bible school <laughs> and learn how to do stuff. He taught at the Bible school for decades. Incredible, incredible man of God. My family, listen to me, has been messed up because of an encounter with God. Like here I am, like fourth generation Pentecostal preacher. I remember going through Bible school, getting a little on the cynical side. I've heard this happens to Bible school students sometimes. <laughs> and I remember getting out of Bible school and thinking, I don't get this whole Pentecostal thing. I just want to see people get saved. I could be Baptist. I could be Methodist. I could be Nazarene. I, I could be any denomination. Like, what, what's the big deal about Pentecost? And, and as a young boy, I was filled with the Spirit. I spoke in tongues. But where's the actual life change? Like, we have this nice little trophy in our trophy case of faith. Oh, there's my tongues trophy. I got that in 1983. I was up at Brayside Camp. Got a tongues trophy there or a little medal, whatever, whatever you prefer. It's, it's like this, look, I've, 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 I've achieved something. I had an experience. But has it gone anywhere? Has it, has it done anything? Has it, has it come to life? Has it actually made a difference? Or is it just a little badge you sewed on your crusader uniform? Hmm. I had to make a choice in my early 20s. Like, am I, am I in this for real or is this just some other weird religious thing? Like, like I need to know. So, I've decided to become Baptist and that's all I have to say. God bless you. Thank you very much. <laughs> no, that's not true. So, I want you to see this prophetic word from Jesus, found on the next screen here. Jesus said these words, these signs will accompany, accompany those who believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons, they'll... What? That's awkward. Jesus actually said, this is something that was going to happen. Not only are we going to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the leper, but we're going to... <laughs> Awkward. This is actually something Jesus warned his disciples about. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to move a little quicker here. I want you to see on the next slide. I've touched on this already. This is very uncomfortable. This promise right here. <laughs> that and I just wanna just wanna give a shout out to Harlan and Michelle because they are the parents of our new puppies. So. <laughs> Looking forward to this, guys. Bless you very much. But there's something profoundly uncomfortable about this call. 
when Jesus says, you know what? People that follow me, it's going to happen. They're going to speak in new tongues. I want you to understand, if you're feeling a little uncomfortable tonight, if the tongues thing is new to you, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, Jesus didn't call us to be comfortable. I'm, you know, I have a pastoral thing on my life, so I always want people to feel good and looked after. I want you to feel sanctuary. Except with this. I want you to feel really awkward. Because I've seen the difference connecting with the Holy Spirit can make. It might look a little scary. Maybe you feel like Peter sitting in the boat, seeing Jesus walk up in the boat. Can I tell you? Peter was very uncomfortable. The disciples are saying, it's ghost boy. And here it's Jesus walking on the water. Oh, Lord, it's you. Cool. And one of the disciples, Peter, says, Lord, if it's you, ask me to come to you. Think about that for a second. That's just dumb. (laughs) Peter was the only one willing to get wet to see if this thing was for real or not. I want to ask you, are you willing to get a little wet? Are you willing to get a little messy to see if this is for real? Like, I want to challenge you out of your boat, out of what's safe, out of what's always worked for you. And I'm not just talking people that haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm saying if you've already been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues, I want to see you get messed up tonight. I want to see you encounter God in such an overwhelming way that maybe you're having gravity issues all of a sudden. I remember I was eight years old, a little boy, at a Pentecostal camp in Saskatchewan. I hadn't yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit, but they had a prayer time at the end of the service. And very uncharacteristic of an eight-year-old boy, rather than going to tuck shop, because that is the will of the Lord, I went up to pray. And I don't know exactly what happened, but I just remember laying on like sawdust or straw, like laying on it, like laying down on the ground of this church building. And about five minutes later, I was like, wow, that was really different. And I stood up and I said to my dad, so, can we go to the tuck shop? And my dad said, tuck shop has been closed for like three hours. And I said, a new record, latest I'd ever stayed up as an eight-year-old boy. It was past midnight. I thought it was like five minutes. I had an encounter with God. I don't know how I got on the ground. I don't know how I spent three hours, but when I got up, to say there was a lightness in my step would be an understatement. I felt like I was walking on Dr. Flippin' Shoals. Like I was just floating around, just like, yeah, hey, God and stuff. Like, like you didn't have to ever convince me again that God was real after what I encountered as an, as an eight-year-old boy. And I hadn't even spoken in tongues yet. God encountered me. 
That's the thing is I wasn't even looking for an experience. I was just, I just want to pray and I just want to connect with Jesus. And God messed me up. Again, listen, we're not seeking experience. We just want to be with Jesus. We want to encounter Jesus. We want to, we want to know the reality of Holy Spirit. If that's uncomfortable for you, good. You're normal. I'll tell you something. He's God. We're not. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so God is higher than us. So his thoughts are higher than ours. So his ways are higher than ours. If you're comfortable, think, I'm just going to make the jump and hang out with God. You might be in a coma. Like, you, seriously, God is so incredibly powerful and lofty, and yet, listen to me, through Jesus, this is not just a possibility, it's reality. God loves to connect with his people. Listen, if you're feeling a little uncomfortable, Welcome to my world. I know Pastor Chad was sharing with me, you had uh, Doug Schneider here, and he shared this phrase that's on the next slide, very similar to something I've used before. And uh, we want to be sane and simple, but the supernatural part is sane and it is simple. But listen to me, there's a part of it that if you can always get your head around it, where's faith? Like, when's last time you did something for the first time? When's the last time you did something for the first time? Especially with faith stuff. Like, when's the last time you thought, I'm going to have to strap on my helmet because I'm about to have an encounter with God? Uh, hello, like, you're meeting the creator of the universe. Are you just, are you like, okay, God, go ahead. Like, this is a big deal. I want to encourage you to dig in and find faith in your heart, even if it's just a mustard seed of faith for something more. Not next month, not next year, but for something more tonight before you leave this building that God wants to encounter you. Seriously. Not just your neighbor, not just a lucky few, but every person in this room, God wants to encounter you. I want to just call you into that place of faith. You'll see on the next slide, this is, this is why we're laughing at you earlier, Melissa, is because uh, you, stole, you stole my material. But look at this word from Paul. He said, anyone who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. Like, you don't even know what you're saying when you speak in a, in a, in a tongue. You, you don't even know what you're saying. You might have a sense of what it feels like, but generally, you go into this, I'm not trying to be flaky, I'm not trying to be weird, but you go into this place where you just don't know anymore. I know some of us are control freaks. I see that hand. Yes, thank you. In the back, yes, thank you. Um, where we just like all our ducks in a row. I'm, I'm totally this way. I like to have it all figured out. Uh, I, I want to know the, the evidence, I want to know the reality, I want to know the facts, I, I want to know the process that it takes to get there. Now listen, things of the Spirit, I, I have not, I has not seen, ear has not heard, like you can't fully get your head around a mystery. Listen to me, when you step into the Spirit realm, it means I'm letting go of my words 
how I think linear, sequential thought. And I'm stepping into, I don't know. That's why we call it a mystery. That's what we're stepping into when you embrace the Holy Spirit. And listen, I'm not saying it has to be a huge step of faith, but, but somewhere between where we are presently and where we're about to be, there's this, this little gap. It's what Soren Kierkegaard called the leap of faith. It's letting go of the rope and saying, I don't know how far I'm going to fall, but just like when you first gave your life to Jesus Christ. Yes, I trust you. You're Lord of my life. Oh, he caught me. I'm okay. Similar with this expression of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's a mystery. And again, I'm not trying to be flaky. I'm not trying to be weird. I just want you to know there's a reason some of us feel a little uncomfortable when we talk about the things of the Spirit. It's, sure, it's sane. It's simple. But please don't leave out this fact. It's natural, yes, but it's supernatural. Hmm. Huh. So, almost done. I just want to look at the sociology of this on the next slide for a second. Good-looking Chad. Sociologically speaking, sociologists, sociologists, sociologists have recognized that Pentecostalism has become the fastest-growing religious expression globally, partially because of its radical requirement of an extemporaneous phenomenological sign, which has mandated a comprehensive level of commitment producing a capitulation for the seeker, a relinquishment away from the norms of the rigid intellectual assessment process into compliance with the abstract, not readily embraced extremes called for in a full biblical adoption of Christianity. Or in other words, tongues calls people to be all in and gets them unstuck from the brain barrier. Like to say Jesus is Lord, bit of a stretch, but come on, there's lots of historical verification. But to actually surrender my life to him, it's a bit of a stretch. But manageable. But this Holy Spirit thing, are you kidding me? To start talking in a language I don't know? This raises the bar. It's not just nominal token faith. It's like, am I all in or not? Because this seems a little bit of a stretch. To actually go with the biblical pattern that three out of, four, three out of five times people are immediately filled with the Spirit and they start to speak another language. And on four out of five occasions, they later on speak in tongues quite a bit. So, am I open to this? And this is the thing, is if if you're from a tradition where you're like, well, it doesn't have to be tongues, does it? Can it just be, you know, a gift of healing or a gift of faith, word of wisdom, word of knowledge? Can it be one of those things that is the evidence that, I, listen, nobody's asking for evidence of your baptism. My question is this, if it's in the Bible, why not embrace it? Like, why not? Why not embrace all of it? Why take eight ninths of the gifts and say, yeah, I'm not open to the tongue thing, though. That's just, that's just spooky. And this is why I call it the gateway gift. 
Because if you'll step into the tongues and you'll embrace it wholeheartedly, you'll try anything. Sure, I can prophesy. Sure, I'll lay my hands on somebody and see if they get recovery or not. Sure, I'll speak healing. Sure, I'll believe for gift of miraculous powers. Why not? But if you've already thrown the baby out with the bathwater and said, yeah, tongues, this is too spooky for me. It's in the Bible. No pressure. I just want to encourage you because it's, again, the gateway. And, and if you're good with being all in with tongues, this is, what I, this is really where I'm going. It's a life changer. Like the speaking in tongues thing. Go ahead, Chad, with the next slide. The speaking in tongues, it really is a gateway. It opens up all kinds of supernatural stuff. Go ahead, Chad, with the next one here. Um, yeah, let me just touch on a couple of these verses real quick. When you speak in tongues in Acts 2.11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. They're both earthly languages, but also in 1 Corinthians 13.1, if I speak in the tongues of men, earthly languages, and of angels, there's an option here for heavenly languages. There's something very powerful. Uh, I, my wife and I did four years of missions in Germany. And some of you have had cross-cultural experiences. You know what this is like. To be in a room where everybody's speaking a different language, and all of a sudden you hear one person speak in English, it's, it, man, it really stands out to you. You just immediately identify and go, ah, hockey. <laughs> it's a powerful thing. Um, conversely, being the only English speaker many times as, as, as my primary language and being in a room full of Germans and you get into conversation. The most important thing for me to learn when I, when I was in Germany was not, um, you know, not the roadmaps, not, not the traditions. I mean, there's nothing that conveys culture the way language does. And this is true of the heavenly language as well. If you want to know the culture of the kingdom, I want to encourage you to learn the language. And many times throughout uh, Acts and Corinthians, it says they spoke in new tongues. Let me just pause there for a second as well. And if the night you got baptized in the Spirit, the Lord gave you a phrase or a sentence or two, and you're still speaking that same tongue... It's time to diversify a bit. Don't be stuck in a tongue's rut. Just say, Lord, in the, old, in, 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 uh, the Bible, they would speak in new tongues. Uh, man, I've, I've had friends, they speak in tongues. It sounds all like full-on cat cooking, martial arts, Chinese people. Like, it's just crazy when you hear them go off, and you're like, wow, that doesn't sound like normal tongues. It sounds like you're doing the... Bruce Lee thing, like that's just powerful what's going on there. And, and I'm not saying you should, you know, lean into doing the Chinese thing. I'm just saying, why not open up your heart and say, Lord, you, you gave new tongues, and I'm stuck on shoulda bought a Hyundai. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to move into, you know, Ford product or something different. Like, give me, 
Give me, give me, and, and don't be, don't be content with just your one little phrase. And, and listen, I'll, listen, I'll tell you how stale it gets. When I was a teenager, my dad pastored a church about an hour from here, so I won't name names. But there was a guy in, in that church that every Sunday morning, he would share the same message in tongues. I know, because I memorized it. And so did all my friends. I mean, we were teenagers. Give us a break. We weren't hoping to be struck by lightning or anything. We were trying to be respectful. But when you hear it every Sunday for like five years, you kind of pick up undete, kachiki, koreostete, ustete, kachiki, koreostete. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm saying, dude, get a new tongue. Another church my dad pastored in, there was a lady, she just had one phrase. And she would let loose Sunday mornings, Shauna Messiah, Shauna Messiah, Shauna Messiah. Shauna Messiah, Shauna Messiah. Like it was intercession. She just heavy in her heart and she would release a, a prayer of intercession in tongues and we're all waiting around for an interpretation. We're not going to get it because it's not a message in tongues. That's just heaviness of heart. I want to encourage you, don't get stuck in a rut. The same old, he gives gifts of new tongues. Not just one, not just a phrase. Just say, Lord, give me something fresh tonight. I'm not going to go Shauna Messiah tonight. I'm going, to, I'm going to break out and try a different phrase. And I'll tell you, when you open your mind to the things of the Lord, there are no counterfeits. Like we have this weird understanding that Satan is all-powerful and he's going to trick us all and give us counterfeit stuff. Luke 11.11 11 says, if you ask your dad, can I have something to eat? If you ask him for a fish, is he going to give you a snake? If you ask him for an egg, is he going to give you a scorpion? If you ask him for a piece of bread, is he going to give you a rock? Luke 11 13, how much more then does your heavenly Father long to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Oh, what if this is Satan tricking me? Like, come on. Let me give you some really profound theology here. God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. Yes, God is bigger than the boogeyman, and he's watching out for you and me. The book of Veggie Tales, chapter 8, verse 13. <laughs> like, seriously, when you come to God and say, Lord, would you just fill me with your spirit? Do you think Satan is all-powerful and he can just trick you and say, I'm going to give you a counterfeit language. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not going to give him that much credit when Jesus already said, your heavenly Father longs to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. My God. Yeah, I'm going to move on. I'm... Let, me, let me give you this on the next slide here. If, if, if you speak in tongues, gentle, worshipful tongues, 15 minutes a day, 
I suspect your sensitivity to the vine will increase significantly. You don't know how to fix things at work. All kinds of wickedness going on there, people sleeping around, all kinds of corruption, culture of gossip in your church, or in church, sorry, work. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> My God, why not just on your way to work, if you have a five or ten minute drive, why not commit that time to specifically speaking in tongues? And then on the way home, or maybe you're one of those shower people. Like, do you really need to look at the shampoo directions every single day? <laughs> Apply. Okay, what's next? Oh, I got soap in my eye. Lather. Okay, what's next? Uh, rinse. Okay. <laughs> Repeat. Okay, got it. That's wonderful. Like, you really need to look at the instructions, or are you good? It's kind of a no-brainer. I find hair-washing time a great opportunity to just say, Welcome, Holy Spirit. Wash off all the old garbage from yesterday. Rinse it off and receive the new wine for today. Again, I'm not saying you should get all driven and militant and, and take on every demonic principality in the world in your shower. There's some people, I'll be honest with you, there's just anger issues going on. Like everything is a war. Like relax, enjoy the warm water, and drink in some Holy Spirit. You don't have to get all violent. You don't have to bust a blood vessel in your forehead. Like just chill and welcome the Holy Spirit. And speak in a new tongue. Just let him wash over you as the water comes down. Just, just let the Holy Spirit wash. It's, it's, it's life changing. And here's why this is important again. Because linguistics are such a significant reflection of culture. I mean, all day you're getting bombarded with media. You're getting it on your phone, you're getting it on billboards, you're getting it on the radio, you're getting it on television, you're getting it on your laptop, you're getting it in your work. You're seeing it on people's t-shirts. Like, you're surrounded with stuff that's garbage. Man, I'm not just encouraging you to do devotions. I mean, I'm hoping that's a no-brainer, that at least two, three times a week you're getting good prayer times and times in the word. Ideally, if you can get that every day, that's wonderful. I'm saying on top of whatever your regular spiritual disciplines are, slot in 15 minutes a day to receive the culture of heaven. I guarantee you, it'll change your life. I guarantee you, if you'll take, if you just try this for the next three weeks, the next 21 days, you will be a different person. There's something that happens, again, now if I'm just walking through a mall or something and I hear like one word of German after living there four years, I'm like, oh. I recognize it because I was baptized in German culture for four years. I lived there. No German people, or sorry, no English people anywhere in that first town we lived in for, for three years. No English words, no English communication. 
Our internet would crash all the time. Oh, Jesus, it was awful. <laughs> but now, like, if I'm going through Kitchener, my Lord, if I'm going through Kitchener, and I just hear one little German sound, I pick it up instantly. Listen, this is how it is with people born of the Spirit. If you're born of the Spirit, and you're being raised, if you're maturing in the Spirit, and dabbling in that culture, my God, it's an incredible thing. How you're, you're just sensitized. You, you notice it right away. It's like I have my regular thoughts, and all of a sudden, oop, a little, that's a little different thought. Hmm. Hmm. A couple days ago, I put up a website. Like I pastor and stuff. Preach. This is what I've done for 30 years. But a few weeks ago, an old friend of mine set me up in a business. So, tomorrow at 8 o'clock, I'll be selling, once again, mulch, aggregate, topsoil, triple mix. I own a garden supply company. So on Thursday, we go live with our new website. We're new business, taking it to the next level. We publish the website in the afternoon. Overnight, we make some more changes. We haven't really announced it yet, even, even to this day. We'll probably do a big Facebook thing later in the week or something. I don't know. But we get the website out. Friday, I'm in the store. And I'm working on the SEO stuff, tying us into Google so that when the search words, when the key search words come up, it'll generate business and people will find us. So as I go to type in, I have five options for search words. It can be one word, two words, three words, but five of those. So before I enter my search words, I said, Holy Spirit, help. I'm not sure what search words I could use. I mean, I'm a creative person. I could probably come up with 50 good search words. What five should I use? And the first one he said was Mulch Brantford. I just heard that thought in my head. Yeah, Mulch Brantford, that's good. Mulch is actually our, one of our larger, um, it's one of our better sellers, but the markup on it is just beautiful. Like if I sell a cubic yard of that, I can buy groceries. That's wonderful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I write in Mulch Brantford. I write in the other, I write in two more, and then I don't feel I'm getting more divine inspiration. But, but it wasn't like God took over my head. I'm just, I'm there. I'm, I'm part of the culture. I'd already spent time driving in the car. Thank you, Lord. Bless our business today. And I'm tying into the, the culture of heaven. I finished that, I get all that stuff published, it's now part of the website, it's now part of the Google search engine stuff. I deal with a customer and then the phone rings. It's a landscaper. He said, hi, I'm new to the area, I'm actually moving to Brantford in the next few weeks, looking for a supplier. Do you have this product? Yes, we do, sir. Do you have this product? Yes, sir. Can you tell me about the product? I give him, I give him a little spiel. He says, wow, sounds great. I'm in. I'm going to need nine yards of mulch later this week. I got another project. I'm going to need 15 yards of mulch. Like I'm talking, these are, he gets these orders. I'm good for groceries for the week. Thank you, Jesus. So we wrap up the phone call and I said, 
Thank you for your call. Can I just ask, how did you hear about us? He said, I just went online. I searched Mulch Brantford. And you were the first name to come up. I thought, wow, the luck of the Lord is with us. And then I said, um, yeah, what were the specific words? He said, Mulch Brantford. I said, wow, that's... So it had only been live for less than 20 minutes. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but I'm not like a savvy businessman. I'm just a guy. It's my first company I've ever owned. And the Holy Spirit, when he whispered that, I, I was there. I picked that up, partly because I'd asked, but because when you discipline yourself to spend time in the culture of the kingdom... And then you listen for it, and you're familiar with it. It's not a big stretch. Then yesterday, I was preparing. I've done a lot of um, ghost writing. That's another thing I do. And over the years, I've written a lot of scripts for television. And yesterday, I was writing a script, but it was a little different because I was actually on TV last night doing the live call-in show for Yes TV between 1 and 3.30 a.m. this morning. Wait a sec, just before I finish the message, I'm just going to have a little nap, if you don't mind. So anyways, I'm prepping the, and as I'm prepping the script, I'm thinking, boy, this is dumb. This doesn't all make sense. It's, it's, do you ever get that? you ever doubt the things you're doing? Like, what am I doing? And so I just pause for a minute. I'm like, Father, help me with this. Like, why am I even doing this topic? Why? Why am I putting these notes together? This seems like such a waste of time. And boom, I hear a whisper. That's not, that's not even it. It's, I, I have this thought, this obtuse thought, and it's two words, single mom. And I'm like, okay. So I pray, Lord, is, there, is this going to help a single mom? He said no. It's, and this is what he whispered, or I, I had this thought come into my head, and I felt it was God, and the thought was, there's a single mom that's going to call into the show tonight, and she's going to have a life-changing encounter. Stay on this. Get it done. She needs to hear this. So I do the show. I go through the script. You know, verbal diarrhea. Come to the end of it. There's a, there's a few calls come in. I think it was the third or fourth call, was Gail from Alberta. And she starts into her story, and I'm like, Gail, why have you called this evening? And Gail says, well, I'm riddled with guilt and shame. Wow. Tell us your story, Gail. Gail says, yeah, my, I have a son. He lost his father a few years ago. He, he passed away, and my son spent much of his teen years without a dad. He passed away when he was just a boy. And so my son, he struggled. He got involved in drugs and alcohol and just hanging with the wrong people. Wrong people. He ended up in jail. And oh, my son, his life was a mess. And long story short, my son ends up back with me, living at home, 33 years old. He now has a seven-year-old son. And I said to my son, 
you know what, son, I have to be honest with you. Until you get your life together, you don't deserve to have your boy living with you. You're doing more harm than good. You're a terrible example. You're still doing drugs. You even do drugs in front of him. You are like, son, you have to get it together. So she's giving him some tough love. She's giving him some strong boundaries. And she said, I thought it went pretty well, but the next morning when I went downstairs to check on him, he was dangling from the rafters. And I haven't been able to live with myself ever since. Oh, come on, I'm not that smart. I, I don't have words. I'm doing all I can to hold it together. The host turns to me and says, Mark, what would you say to Gail? Which means, I got nothing. Help, pastor. So under my breath, I'm just... And this little story comes to me that I got about eight or ten years ago praying with somebody at some church somewhere up at the front, at the altar, at the end of service. I, I remember this prayer. And so I just say to Gail, Gail, you're a champion. Gail, you know what? None of us are perfect parents. Good for you. I affirm you for giving your son strong boundaries, for trying to speak the truth in love. Gail, you're a good, good mom. Gail, I know a dad who is the best dad ever. As a matter of fact, he was a perfect parent. He had two kids, and those kids didn't receive anything he said. They rejected his parenting. They walked away from him. My co-host is like, who are you talking about, dude? He's Jamaican. So he's like, dude, what's going on? I thought I was losing the host. I could hear Dale or Gail just kind of, what are you talking about? Those kind of cues. I said, Gail, this perfect parent, he had two kids named Adam and Eve. And the father loved them in a perfect environment. And they still chose to walk away from him. It doesn't matter how good of a parent you are or how bad of a parent you are, Gail. God relates to your pain because he knows what it is to have his kids walk away from him. And something snapped instantly in Gail's heart. She began to weep. God started to deal with her. We, we prayed with her. We encouraged her. God set her free. And I was able to say to her, Gail, I, I, I felt this morning that there was going to be a single mom that was going to call. I said, I've been praying for you all day. I didn't know your name was Gail, but I, how did I know that? I just, where did I get this story about Adam and Eve? Just tying in, and it made a difference in somebody's life. Listen, there's somebody in your workplace that needs you to tie into the culture of heaven tonight. There's somebody in your neighborhood, 
a friend who's just, they're, they're, they're lost, they're wandering, they're confused, they're half dazed. They need somebody that understands the culture of heaven. When Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. My God, you're going to witness, you're going you're to be able to say something, you're going to be able to tell my story is what Jesus is saying. There's something about that Holy Spirit dynamic. Listen, this isn't just for the preacher boy. I'm just a regular guy like you. I'm selling mulch. And Jesus is speaking to me when customers come and go, and I'm standing behind the till, and I'm just, God, help me to bring life. Help me to bring encouragement. I guarantee you, if you tie in to the Holy Spirit, and you go deeper than you've ever gone before, something's about to shift over your life. That it's not just some little pretty boy Pentecostal experience that, oh, I got baptized in the Spirit. Oh, look, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. No, it's not for you. It's for the world out there. Or if you use the back exit of the church, it's for the world out there. And then turn left and head into town in Jesus' name. <laughs> Again, are you picking up what I'm laying down? I mean, this is huge. The potential the power that you can tie into. And again, speaking in tongues is just, it's just the entry, it's just the gateway, it just, it's what starts us off on this journey of, of tying into God. Why don't we stand up? Yeah. I just want you to look at this, the next two slides real quick. Here's the verse I mentioned earlier, Luke 11, 11, and... 12 and 13. He longs to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Would you just ask him? Again, maybe you've already received the Holy Spirit. Would you just whisper a prayer right now? Just invite him. I'm not going to script you on this. I want you to be really sincere. I need you, Jesus. I, Holy Spirit, I, I long for you. I'm not smart enough to reach every person in my workplace or my neighborhood. And, but there's some of them, man, you're picking out for this week. Yeah. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Just flood over me. Rise up in me, Holy Spirit. Rise up in me, Holy Spirit. Go ahead, do your best just to tune everything else out. Jesus, we invite you tonight as the baptizer. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, you're our Savior. Thank you that you're our healer. Thank you that you're our soon coming King. But we believe in a four square gospel. <laughs> Jesus, you're also the baptizer. Not just baptizing in water, but baptizing in the Holy Ghost and in fire. <laughs> Welcome, Holy Spirit. Chad, go ahead with the last slide. I want to encourage you, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, my God, this is huge tonight. I want to encourage you to take some baby steps. Take some baby steps. Look at me. Everybody look at me. It's, it's nice you're all serious and so sincere. 
eyes closed, assuming the traditional Pentecostal posture. God bless y'all. But just, I want eye contact. This is so significant. Remember what we just read, Luke 11, 11? As much as your earthly fathers long to give you good gifts, how much more, somebody say more? How much more then does your heavenly father long, like there's this passionate burning desire in him. He longs to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. He longs to give Holy Spirit to you. One time in history did people have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and that was in Acts chapter 2. After that, instantaneously, the apostles would say, receive the Holy Spirit. Boom! People would receive the Holy Spirit. Most often, they'd be filled. One time the room was shaken. Other times, you know, cloven tongues of fire, sound like a wind. All kinds of neat things happen. Other times they spoke the word of God boldly. But the most common thing is they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues. It's in the Bible. I'm just trying to establish a very simple polemic here. I believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available for everyone in the room who's willing to give it a shot. Well, here's my question. You want to stay where you're at? Or you want to go deeper? He longs to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, like what are you thinking here? Do you think there's people coming tonight saying, Oh, Lord, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or I want to go deeper. Give me a new tongue. Give me, give me a tongue of intercession or warfare. Take me deeper in my prayer life. And God's saying, Nope. No, no, no. Nope. You got to wait. You got to fast and pray more. No. No. Years. You're going to have to wait years. And you're going to have to ask many more times. And you're definitely going to have to put more in the offering said God never Jesus already spoke to this he longs to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit this is where I really need your attention I need you to stay with me I know I've preached long but come on I'm good looking it's not that hard to look at come on <laughs> Jesus help me I've literally prayed with thousands of people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thousands. Most recurring thing I've heard standing at front of church is exactly like this. Mark, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I ask, do you ever feel new words come into your mind? Words like what you hear people all around you praying? Most common thing I hear is, yeah, but it feels like I'm just copying them. You ever notice how all German people sound the same? All French people sound the same? If you go to German lessons, do you hear people say, oh, I'm not going to speak that. It's like I'm just copying the other people. <laughs> of course it's going to sound similar. It's the language of heaven. The other thing I hear all the time, are you ready for this? Mark, I want those words pop into my head. But I'm just making it up. I'm going to let you in on a dark, dark little secret. You are by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. If he can create a planet in six days, don't you think he could so subtly infiltrate your mind 
to put little syllables in there. Little shahs, little cause, little shuns and little days. Little shoulda bought a Honda phrases. And you thought you were making it up. No, Luke 11, 11 says he longs to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's my challenge to you tonight. Why not try? Anybody in the room love Jesus? Come on, I'm needing some serious confession. Is there anybody in the room that loves Jesus? He's already promised you that the good Father longs to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Jesus said it. It's going to happen before you get out these doors tonight. If you'll have this much faith to say, I'm going to try a little step. I'm going to try another little step. I'm going to try another little step. It might just start with a little mumbled. Whoa, that was different. <laughs> that wasn't English at all. But if your heart is directed towards him, not that I want a language, but I want to open up the gates of the supernatural and try something I've never tried before. It's a step of faith. Listen to me. In the name of Jesus, I declare an open heaven over you. And I declare over you that as you ask, you shall receive. Boom! Take that in Jesus' name. And I prophesy over you right now. The floodgates of heaven are open. Go ahead and begin to worship him. Begin to declare the wonders of God. Go ahead, whatever, English, French, Italian, language of heaven, whatever you want. Just open your heart up to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We think you are wonderful. Baptizer, Savior, Healer, soon coming King. Wow, you're good. You're faithful. You're kind. You're just and fair. You're holy. You're wonderful. Oh, yeah, we love you so much. We love you so much. We love you so much. Now, just go ahead and take that little step. Let go of the thing you know and begin to praise him differently. If you've already spoken in a tongue, try a different one. If you've never spoken in a tongue, take a little baby step. Try a phrase. Try one word. Just begin to praise him. Come on, let, let your mouth open up. Ooh. Yeah, there it is. That's him. That's him. That's not you making it up. That's him. Yeah, we bless you, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just keep walking through. Yeah, just see yourself walking through the gates into a heavenly place. You are seated with him in heavenly places tonight. You're seated with him. Go ahead. I just break off a spirit of fear, spirit of doubt. In Jesus' name, Yeah, go ahead. Just let it rip. Yeah, just try a little step. Try a little bit of a whisper. Don't be afraid. This isn't you. This is the spirit of God rising up in you. Yeah, rise up in your people, Father. Rise up. You just love to give the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. You're giving us your presence. Yeah, we're not seeking an experience. 
We just want you to rise up in us, God, in a fresh way, in a new way. Whoo, shambababa. Yeah, just keep leading us. Keep leading us. That's beautiful what's going on there. Yeah, just keep blessing him. Just keep worshiping him. Just imagine yourself sitting down right now in heaven. Find a nice park bench. Find a rock beside a stream. You are seated in a heavenly place in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's it. Keep speaking. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's it. Don't get stuck in English. Yeah, we bless you, Lord. I want to encourage you, just release his presence in your workplace, in your home, in your car. Make your whole world a Bethel, a house of the living God. Can I just bless you as you go? Father God, thank you for these friends. Thank you for these hungry, wonderful folks that would come out on a Sunday night just to encounter more of you. Father, I just bless them with the fullness of this season, all that you have for them. I thank you that you are releasing not just a touch of your presence, but an ongoing habitation. Not just a visitation, but an ongoing habitation of the presence of Jesus. And again, not just tongues, not just the one gift, but I declare a release of a gift of faith, a gift of healing, a gift of miraculous powers. God, a gift of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning of spirits. God, would you release every one of those gifts, those power manifestations on your people? Lord, we hold nothing back from you. We press deeper into the things of the Spirit. Lord, help us, whether it's just a couple minutes a day or five or ten or even 15 minutes a day or more. Help us to connect with the kingdom, with your presence. I bless these people. I cover them with your grace and your peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're God with us. We love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name. Chadley. Quite a few years ago, I remember talking with Pastor Mark and just talking about tongues and this presence of the Lord. And one of the things he said to me was this. I don't know if you remember saying this or not, but he said, if you speak in a language for about 15 to 20 minutes a day, and you do that for, I forget how long you said to do it for, but for quite a while, you could move to that country and live there. If you spent 15 to 20 minutes a day speaking a language, you can move to that country and live there. And so just think about that as he talked tonight about the culture of heaven. If you spend 15 to 20 minutes a day just speaking in the heavenly language, 
that culture is in you. You can be a part of it. And so when you go home tonight, I agree, as you lay in bed, speak in tongues some more. As you drive, speak in tongues. And let your heart just connect with heaven. And then you will hear his voice. And you will know what he's saying to you. And so, Father, we thank you for your longing to pour out your spirit in us. And not just once, but daily. That you want to continually pour out your spirit into our lives. Father, I thank you for the many encounters I've had with you in my life and what they mean. And tonight, Lord, we hold on to the encounter we've had with you. Some for the very first time, some in a different way. And Lord, I believe that you're still going to encounter people tonight, even in their house, as they lay in bed, as they are preparing to go to bed, that you will wake some up in the middle of the night and you will be just speaking to them and through them in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Mark and just your hand on his life. We pray a blessing over him and Tammy and the family, Lord Jesus. Father, not just over his ministry, but Lord, over this new adventure, and this new business, Father, we pray just your blessing and your outpouring over him. Lord, continue to use him for your glory. Continue to fan into the flames the gifts that you have placed in him and open up doors for him to be used by you. Father, pray for just an open heaven over his life. Bless him, Father. Use him. Strengthen him. Father, guide us tonight. Protect us. Keep us safe. And Lord, let us shine for you wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Please take time tonight to soak in his presence. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.